coming up on the Tall Mike Wine Podcast. It's a rather warm day. The AC has been engaged. Do you have your map out? Are you looking at it? Are you following along? Petaluma, famous for their yearly butter and egg parade. How'd you get out here? 30th birthday. Okay. Wine country trip. Uh Uh-huh. And then six months later, relocated. Whoa. Yeah. I wrote down chalky. There you go. Chalky in a good way. Turns out you don't really have to have a lot of experience in wine necessarily because they're like... You have to be able to talk to people. Exactly. You have to be able to tell the story. Yep. And be nice. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's hospitality. Yes, exactly. And now, the Tall Mike Wine Podcast. The cell phones have been silenced. The wine is poured. And just like that, the podcast begins. Welcome to the Tall Mike Wine Podcast, the wine podcast that's not all about wine. The wine podcast like no other and currently number 13 on the Feedspot top 50 list of the best wine podcasts. Yes, we moved up the chart. Yay for us. And I'm Mike Stone, your host for the wine podcast heard in 44 of these United States and outside of our borders on six continents spread out over the globe to 46 countries from American Samoa to Turkey and Georgia, then all the way to Taiwan. I appreciate you finding the podcast. I will thank you in advance for helping grow the podcast now by giving us a rating and a review and perhaps telling a friend. And if you don't have any friends, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll be your friend. Follow me on Instagram to see what wines I'm drinking. That's what friends do. Send me a friendly email to tallmikewine at gmail.com if you'd like. I'll send you your very own stack of official Tall Mike Wine podcast coasters, just like I sent to Tim John's out in Coriopolis, Pennsylvania. I am just that type of friend. All right, on we go to episode 29, another travel episode. You may remember the vacation episode I did back in December covering my road trip to Walla Walla, Washington. Well, if you haven't, then you should check it out. And... Check out all the previous episodes if you're new to the podcast. Well, this is a similar show, but I stayed closer to home. I actually went tasting recently in Sonoma County at the behest of my boss at Nicholson Ranch Winery, Deepak. We had a string of super hot days midweek, which pretty much crushes the flow of visitors to the winery. So Deepak told me not to come in one day. He said, go to another part of Sonoma and do some tasting. So I did. I gassed up the car, packed the microphones, and hit the road into my own backyard. So cue the music, and let's go! Funny how appropriate that banjo tune seems to signify that I am driving. I'm on the road, on the 101 freeway. I'm actually at my destination, and that's because the traffic is a little more intense 
Remember last December, I was driving to Walla Walla, and I was talking to you how I was on the five, and I had the microphone in one hand and the steering wheel in the other hand, manipulating the cruise control with my thumb. And that wasn't a very heavily traveled part of Interstate 5. When I was driving again from, well, in Oregon, same deal, not very crowded, but this part of 101 is lots of trucks, lots of cars, lots of people in a hurry. You really got to be careful. So, yeah, that banjo tune, I don't know where it comes from as far as uh, signifying that I'm on the road, but maybe it's the Willie Nelson song. Although I don't know if there's any banjo in that song, but I've just arrived at my destination. It's a rather warm day. The AC has been engaged. That's probably what you're hearing in the background. It's about a 40-minute drive from Nevada, California, where I live, in Marin County. When I drive east into Sonoma every day to go to Nicholson Ranch, where I work, I drive over the border into Sonoma. And today I drove north over the border into Sonoma. Sonoma County's border is sort of a diagonal that goes right over the top of my part of Marin County. Do you have your map out? Are you looking at it? Are you following along? This is, uh, you're going to learn a little bit about geography today. I'm in Sonoma, northern part, but I'm quite a ways away from Nicholson Ranch. This is how big Sonoma County is. There's over 500 wineries. And if I were to drive from here, where I am, I'm just west of a town called Healdsburg. Uh, it would take me a couple of hours to get to Nicholson Ranch, I think. The drive here, straight north on 101, the first town you come to is Petaluma. Petaluma, famous for their yearly butter and egg parade. They're all about the chickens and the cows in Petaluma, although Petaluma's getting pretty hip. I like it. I like Petaluma a lot. Did you know the actress, Winona Ryder, was raised in Petaluma? Yes, she was. You learn things on the Tall Mike Wine Podcast. North of Petaluma, you get to a couple of little towns that are right next to each other called Katati and Rohnert Park. They sound like small towns, don't they? Uh, Sonoma State University is up there in that area. And then uh, you get to the larger town in Sonoma County. I think it's the largest town in Sonoma County. Santa Rosa is the county seat. And then north of that, you're into a town called Windsor, and then eventually Healdsburg, which is sort of the heart of northern Sonoma wine country. It's the, the shishi little town with all the restaurants and lots of winery tasting rooms, some very nice hotels, all the comforts for the weary traveler. I didn't stop. Uh, I actually got to Healdsburg and then a little bit past Healdsburg, got off the 101 and headed west into the Dry Creek Valley, another of the sub-regions of Sonoma County. There's 18, I think. Dry Creek Valley is one of the uh, areas a lot of people would associate with Zinfandel. And I am at a winery called De La Montaña. I'd never heard of it. When I was tasked with 
going tasting today by Deepak, I just spent the evening Googling wineries and decided I was going to go to a few that I'd never heard of before. Uh, two of the three that I'm going to visit today I've never heard of before. This is one of them, De La Montagna. And I'm going to head in. I have an appointment. I'm right on time. As per usual. Just know that about me. I'm always on time. Okay, I lied. I'm always early. For me being on time, I feel like I'm late. Anyway, I'm headed in. Here I go. Getting out of the car. Headed in. Yes, I'm here at Della Montoya. I made it inside. I was seated by Jared. He's been pouring some nice wines for me. Della Montoya is a winery owned by someone who primarily grows grapes for other wineries. Has a few hundred acres planted all over Sonoma, but only makes a little over 3,000 cases of wine. That person is Dennis Della Montoya. He's your boss, right? That is correct. Awesome. Is he a good boss? Yeah, he's great. Been working for him for 10 years. That's a long time. Yeah, in this in industry, this, I think it is. In this business, it says, he must like it, you must like him, he must like you. Yeah, I think we're uh, got a great thing going. You know, this is my first wine job uh, moving to California from Pennsylvania, and he gave me a shot, kind of showed me the ropes of the industry, and we've been working really well together. Pennsylvania? That's right. What the heck? How'd you get out here? 30th birthday. Okay. Wine country trip. Uh-huh. And then six months later, relocated. Whoa. Yeah. You just, what were you doing back there? I was in pharmaceutical sales. Oh, okay. I didn't love that. What's not to love, right? Well, I don't know. Selling the drugs. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. And uh, it can be very lucrative, though. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. But not if you're miserable. Not as much fun. Yeah. Wow. So you just packed your bags? Pretty much. And came out here? Yeah, pretty much. My wife and I moved out here. That's uh, cool, man. Yeah. Gave me a chance here. and been. This is your first job when you got here? Yeah. You've been here ever since? That's right. That is a testament to whatever they're doing here yeah, at Delamont. Great family to work for. That's awesome. I've tasted through the Sauvignon Blanc, which was as clear as water. Yeah, very light, well balanced. You know, just meant to be a really good summertime refresher. That was great. It's like ninety out here right now. I know. It was very refreshing. Had nice notes of uh, of grapefruit and some nice melon notes. Really, just what you want on a super hot day. And then we had a rosé that was really kind of beefy. Yes, for Cab sure. And Zin and Syrah Rosé that's on the skins for quite a while for Rosé. Uh, so it had a nice dark pink color. Yeah, absolutely. Really good. Absolutely. And then uh, I had a Merlot, really good. Uh, a Malbec that's not on the menu, so you brought a secret wine out. That's right. That's nice of you. That's eat. right, yeah. Well, I usually bring the secret ones out that I like the most. So <laughs> You like the Malbec? It's a little bit of a selfish. Uh, selfish. What, do you like, what do you like about the Malbec? So I think the Malbec's great here because it's most of the fruit is grown in the Russian River Valley. And so you get that cooler climate on a grape like that, and it really accentuates the fruit. 
on the front. So it's not just this big, inky, tannic right. Malbec. Right. It, it's like got, in a hot climate. Correct. Because Russian River Valley, people hear that, and if they're doing word association, they're going to say Pinot or Chardonnay. They're not going to say Malbec. Right. So that's kind of an outlier. Yeah, and the beauty of Dennis is he has a vineyard in the Russian River Valley where the lion's share of the fruit is Pinot that pays the bills on farming the vineyard. He's got a couple of rows of these little oddball varietals that we know we can use here at the winery to make a make a unique wine. Have a little fun, exactly. And then we tasted uh, a cab, which is your very very textbook Alexander Valley cab. Lots of nice red berry fruit, really juicy. And then we tasted a Zinfandel because the winery itself is in technically the Dry Creek Valley, and there are vineyards all around me right now. It's beautiful. There's a fountain here and wind chimes. Rose bushes and lots of vineyards right 20 feet from me. And the Zinfandel is growing right here. That's right. Yeah. Kind of the calling card for the winery. Really just your classic Dry Creek Valley Zin, jammy, a little spicy and peppery on the finish. I wrote down chalky. There you go. Chalky in a good way. Yes. You know, you think chalky might, some people might say, no, I know what you mean. But yeah, it it balances the fruit really nice. You get this nice like chalky flavor. Agreed. Yeah. Jared, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, appreciate you coming by. I hope you become a fan of the Tall Mike Wine Podcast. I think I might. Tell your friends. Will do. Okay, thanks. All right, that was delightful, hanging out with Jared. And I have to share with you just the aromas. Leaving the winery, Della Montagna, uh, walking from the tasting room to the parking lot, it was just this path that went through uh, just a small, small garden area, but everything was growing and emitting all this amazing, just like flowery smell. It was was magical. It's heavenly. And then I was in the parking lot and then I left. Uh, It's tricky to get there. You have to go under the road. And I got a little bit turned around on my way in, but on the way out, I knew where I was going. Uh, I was going to head north on 101, which I did just a little ways north and north of Healdsburg. Now I'm in Alexander Valley proper, and there's some big names up here. Stone Street is here, and there's a Silver Oak here. You go a little further, Jordan is here. They're big too. But I'm about to taste at a smaller winery called Hawks. They are also growers that make wine. And I've only been making wine since, I think, 2002, 2003. A weird thing happened. The Hawks tasting room up here is right next to this sort of local legend delicatessen called the Jimtown Store. So I thought, okay, I've got half an hour between the time I have to taste at Hawks. I'm just going to go into Jimtown and get some delicious delicacy from the delicatessen. And they're closed. I guess I didn't get the memo. So I'm going to go into Hawks and hopefully find some food at the winery tasting room. Now, not all tasting rooms have food available. I'm just crossing my fingers because I'm pretty much away from all services. If I go back to Healdsburg to find something to eat and come back, uh, then I'm going to be late. My planning was good. It just ran into some unexpected circumstance. So this will be continued I'm going to go into Hawks now and see if they have some food for me. And I will, of course, taste there, and hopefully somebody will want to talk to me on the Tall Mike Wine Podcast, on the road edition. 
Well, here I am in the Hawks tasting room, and they saved my life, literally, with just a snack. They have a little snack cooler here with some meats and cheeses. They're like little Lunchables that you would give little kids, only more sophisticated little kids. So I got a little snack, and now I'm not tasting wine on an empty stomach, and I've tasted through the whole lineup here. I tasted a Chardonnay and a Merlot and a couple different Cabernets, all delicious, all made from grapes that the hawks grow. Carl is here. He's been pouring for me. So this is another situation, just like the last place I was at, De La Montaña, where it's a family that grows grapes, and they make a little bit of wine. How many acres of grapes do they have planted? Let's see. So we have 18 and 22 and it's 40 it's 40 and then did 80 she say more. 80 80, 80 more so like yeah over 100 acres yeah but they only make 5,000 cases of wine right. a year so they're selling most of the grapes off you can make this your business plan plant lots of grapes and sell most of them and that'll pay your bills and then make a little wine and have fun which i think is what they're doing yeah <laughs> the wine is good that cabernet man i i had the 2018 alexander valley cabernet 100 percent cab Delicious. And then Carl pulls out the 2014, which is, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to age it. But a lot of people don't have the patience for that. So this 2014 is phenomenal. Now I want to talk about Carl because he and I are akin. Uh, turns out he's from Seattle and spent a lot of time there and then decided to ditch the whole thing and move south to wine. Better weather? Better weather. Yeah, definitely that was probably number one. Really? Yeah. Better weather and then just kind of smaller town, a little right, more country. Right. So Carl yeah. was living in Seattle and you're from there? Yeah. Born and raised. Nice. Yeah. Magnolia. Yeah. Shout it out. <laughs> Carl was making his living as a performer in theater and dance and things. What was the best show you were ever in? Probably best show, Guys and Dolls, as we talked really? about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we talked about my history in the theater with Guys and Dolls, Spokane Civic Theater. It's a great show. It's a great show. It's a yeah. great show. Yeah. Which character were you? I was, I'm not sure if I had a name. I was a dancer. Oh. So I was kind of like the lead dancer. Um, so you were dancing around in featured, the sewer? I was, yeah. I was in the Sky Masterson was singing, Look, be a lady tonight. Exactly. Yep. Crap Shooters Ballet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's one of those things that you never know who you're going to meet when you come to wine country. Yeah. Right? The yeah. last one I was at, it was a guy living in Pennsylvania, selling pharmaceuticals, came out here on vacation. Six months later, he moved here, started working at a winery. Yeah. And your story's similar. Kind of, yeah. So people can do that. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. not, you're not stuck. Right. Don't feel like you're stuck, right. I think, is, is the lesson to be learned here. Did you really know a lot about wine when you were in Seattle? No. I didn't, I didn't start really drinking until I was in my 40s. Wow. And, but I did start drinking really good wine when I did start drinking it. And so I never went through the, like, cheap wine phase right. that everybody goes through. Um, you didn't miss anything. I, yeah. <laughs> and um, I just liked it and right. was like, well, this is nice. I like this. And then um, I actually had a job working. My company was a contract company with Microsoft. And so that's what I was actually doing when I moved down here. Um, I was oh. doing like procurement and sourcing for Microsoft. Oh. And then I got laid off, okay. which seemed very stressful at the time. And 
the wine industry is a big employer here. And so sure. I thought, well, I need to get a job. And we'd always done a lot of wine tasting. I thought, well, that seems like a fun thing to do. You, you know, got stressed just, out and then you started drinking the good wine. Yeah, right. Were, yeah. All and of a sudden, then, I'm not so stressed anymore. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, just started working in tasting rooms. And, you know, turns out you don't really have to have a lot of experience in wine no. necessarily because they're like, you have to be able to talk to people. Exactly. You have to be able yep. to tell the story. Yep. And be nice. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's hospitality. Yes, exactly. And yeah. you've been very hospitable. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm at Hawks Winery, Alexander Valley. We're just north of Healdsburg. Is this still Healdsburg? Yeah. It, I mean, our, yeah. Our, is this it is. Yeah. Healdsburg. Our, like our mailing address is So Healdsburg. the north end. We're not but, yeah. in downtown. We're not 15 minutes from downtown. Yeah. We're out in the middle of vineyards. It's beautiful. Silver Oak is down the street. Stone Street is down the street. Those are big guys. Those are big guys. Yeah. Hawks. Little guys. Little guys. <laughs> but powerful. <laughs> Small, but mighty. Yes. <laughs> Carl, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get back in the car now and go somewhere else. I'll tell you about it when I get in the car. All right, I'm back in the car. And have been in the car for the last 45 minutes or so. A trek from... The last winery, Hawks, to the next winery, uh, jumping from one very specific region, northern Sonoma, Alexander Valley, over toward the coast in a southwesterly direction. See, I'm sort of headed home because I'm going south, but I'm also going west, headed toward the coast. And now we're plopping down into the Russian River Valley Here's why they have all these different uh, designations for locations. The weather changes. I've been talking to you about how it's a hot, sunny day here in Northern California. And when I left Hawks, the tasting room, the thermometer in my car, which I'd say probably is off maybe plus or minus two or three degrees, said it was nearly 100 degrees. Get in the car, set the Waze app for the next winery. Says it's going to be 45 minutes or so. And it's a nice drive on mostly country roads. A little bit of time on the 101, but mostly country roads. Very nice. A lot of up and down, a lot of left and right, a lot of potholes, a lot of clunkety, clunkety, clunkety. And the, the speed limit is 35 miles an hour for a reason. Because there's lots of curves, lots of narrow roads with no shoulder. And you're apt to uh, find yourself going down a cliff if you fall off the road. So you've got to be careful. By the time I get into the Russian River, the temperature has dropped below 80 degrees. It's According to the thermometer here in the car, it says it's 79 degrees. I can see the vines right in front of me because I'm parked in front of the tasting room and there are vines right in front of me. Uh, They're swaying in what would appear to be a pretty good breeze. And this is why in the Russian River Valley, they grow different grapes than they grow up in the Alexander Valley. Uh, down here, it's mostly Pinot and Chardonnay, cooler climate grapes. I'm at a winery called Square Peg, which I had never heard of. And nobody I know has ever seemingly heard of this winery. So we'll go inside and see what we can find at Square Peg in the Russian River Valley town of Sebastopol. And we're rolling. 
to say that. We're rolling. Well, that was nice. But wait, what happened? I just left you getting out of the car. And now I'm back in the car. What happened? We ended up not chatting on mic. And I'll explain that. Uh, Square Peg is a really cool and unique winery. I was uh, greeted when I arrived by Brad. He's the owner. I think mostly the only one who does the tastings. And I think they basically only do one at a time. It's pretty tight there. Small. Uh, He led me into the tasting room from the parking lot. I commented on uh, how much cooler it was than it had been up in Healdsburg. He said, well, we're eight miles from the coast. The ocean is nearby. That's why. Uh, He led me into the tasting room which didn't look like a tasting room. It looked more like an art gallery. This open room, not a huge room, but, you know, a room. Very open, high ceiling, floor-to-ceiling windows on one wall overlooking the vineyard. But what I was most impressed with was the art. Brad's wife is an artist, and I don't mean she dabbles. This was some serious art. Amazing bronze sculpture, Paintings on big canvases, one of which was mesmerizing. I spent probably 10 minutes just staring at it. It was hypnotizing me. It didn't quite hypnotize me into spending $5,000 on the painting, but it came close. Like I said, it's a gallery in there. So Brad and I talked about a lot of things before I finally sat down at the big tasting table. He told me about moving to Northern California about 30 years ago from L.A. He was an airline pilot at that time, tired of L.A., wanted the quiet country life. Uh, Eventually, he planted a hobby vineyard on his property, which, of course, you know, you're surrounded by vineyards and wineries. Why wouldn't you grow a few grapes yourself? Uh, Then he acquired an old apple orchard next door, which he had converted to wine grapes, And that's a story you hear a lot in Sebastopol. The apples used to be there. Now it's all vineyards. Before you know it, Brad had a winery of his own. He hired a guy named William Nuttall to make the wine and eventually started purchasing fruit for his fledgling label, Square Peg. Now they make about 3,000 cases of wine, give or take, a year. Good stuff, too. Chardonnay, Rosé, Pinots, and Zins. Just know if you're headed that way, you will need an appointment. You will need an appointment. It's a very small operation. It's not the kind of place where a walk-in tasting is going to happen. They want to know you're coming, and you'll probably be the only person there or your group. And I think six is the maximum. But Brad is super friendly, nice guy. In fact, we talked so much it got late. He had to close up shop, and that was... Before we could get anything recorded, I also think Brad may have been a bit shy about that. And I have no issue with that. Uh, It happens. Not everyone is as gregarious and ready to jump on the microphone as yours truly. Now I'm back on the road. Those country roads west of Sebastopol, only a few miles from the Pacific, like I said. And now I'm going to drive some more. (laughs) 
winding through West Sonoma. Maybe I'll stop for a beverage along the way. Such things happen sometimes when I'm on the road, alone. But I'm not alone, am I? You've been here in the passenger seat. Thanks a lot for tagging along. We'll do this again, okay? Now, uh, where should I let you off? Just let me know. Let me know when we have to uh, get you where you're going. The Tall Mike Wine Podcast was conceived and is written, produced, edited, and maintained by yours truly. For feedback, questions, suggestions, or to get your very own set of Tall Mike Wine Podcast coasters, send me an email. Maybe you know someone who would be a great guest. Hook me up. Please take a moment to rate the podcast. And when I say rate it, I mean five stars. You listened all the way through. That must mean you liked it. If you have more free time, write a review. Exercise your creativity and tell the world why you like it. You can also follow me on the socials for pictures of all the wines I drink, food I eat, my kitty cat, Olive, and more. See the Instagram feed at Tall Mike Wine. If you post pictures of wines you drink, tag them with my hashtag, SexyBottleShot. I'll follow you. I'm also on Twitter at TallMikeWine69. I'll warn you, on the Twitter, I get a bit more political and sometimes I'm outraged. And why wouldn't I be? Although at other times, I'm just rooting on the Seattle Mariners. That's Twitter in a nutshell, right? Thanks for finding me. Tell your friends. I'll be back with another guest very soon. Until then, from Novato, California, I'm Tall Mike Wine. Please call me Mike. Cheers. Cheers.